0: Welcome back to the Nest College Football Podcast. My name is Chris, and we got... Tony! And this is your NFL Draft Preview Podcast. Our guest, Matt Giantino, NFL Draft Expert, Analyst... On the show today, but before we get into the NFL Draft preview, we have some updates. You haven't heard from us in in over a month, and the world has fallen apart. The sports world has fallen apart. Um, Let's talk about it, Tony. We have uh, all sports have been canceled since the last episode uh, due to the coronavirus shutdown, quarantine, no more sports, the XFL yeah. the XFL has collapsed we were going to go over the XFL right now uh, but it's gone so uh well let's talk about like sports and then a little bit of XFL well which we were going to do a uh, a surprise show about March Madness and that that obviously got canceled but we're here we promise you we'd be back and we're back
1: Yep, here we are.
0: With the only piece of sports. Credit to us, because we said we'll be back for the NFL draft preview, and that's the only thing sports-related that is left. So you can thank us for that.
1: Yep. You know, when you look at what happened in the landscape so far, it's, you know, the, with the XFL collapsing, you you know, you understand it because it's its first year kind of trying to get its legs off the ground and – uh you know, there was no money coming in, just like a lot of small businesses around the country and around the world. Uh, when you have no money coming in and you're trying to kickstart something or keep something going, uh, money money is what talks. The XFL unfortunately, um, honestly, picked the worst possible time to start up, not knowing what was going to happen. So, um, speaking as a St. Louis Battlehawks uh, supporter, uh, seeing St. Louis you know, that, that dome being filled and having to open up the second level for a football team and seeing a city kind of rally around football for, I think they had two home games. Um, That was really special to see. And it's unfortunate that, uh, again, football in St. Louis was ripped away uh, by a different circumstance, but still, um, I think, you know, I, I don't know how soon or how this would happen, but you saw different signs that the XFL could succeed. Uh, it's just a matter of how that looks here in the future.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough, and it, is, it was sad to see. I think it would have had a second season, a third season, a fourth season, and they obviously canceled the season, and then a couple weeks later, boom, shut the whole thing down. Filed for bankruptcy two days later after shutting the whole thing uh, operation down and uh but not without our guy philip pj walker getting out unscathed uh like three or four days before the whole thing shut down getting signed by our guy matt rule head coach of the carolina panthers and also uh matt rule signed like four other temple guys uh in that whole situation too it started with pj walker and then it was a domino effect he then signed uh, Robbie Anderson. We're just going right into Temple update, just so you guys know if yeah. you couldn't tell. Uh, signed Robbie Anderson, wide receiver from the Jets. Uh, he also signed uh, Tahir Whitehead, from who had been cut by the Raiders and played for the Lions. He was also, uh, while, while Matt Rule was an assistant under Al Golden, he played for Temple. And Keith Kirkwood, who was cut by the New Orleans Saints, wide receiver, he played uh, under Matt Rule, Matt Rule's head coach when I was at Temple. So he's got he's got three guys that were at Temple when I was there: P. J. Walker, Robbie Anderson, Keith Kirkwood, studs at Temple, and then Tahir Whitehead, a stud. Uh, so I mean, he's just building along with ten coaches on his Panther staff. Count them ten that were all Temple guys, Temple coaches, and two front office temple guys so there's 12 people on staff in the carolina panthers program plus these four guys he just brought in and the question is will he draft every single temple guy in the nfl draft we'll talk about that in just a few minutes uh, later on in the episode yeah. but i mean huge huge for, for for pj walker to get out on skate from the xfl um and it's sad because some of those other guys that just paychecks were cut just done. That's what the bankruptcy did. They didn't have to pay out anybody else. Didn't have to pay any of their debts. Get away $40-$50 uh, million uh, in bankruptcy f- claims. So I mean it's it's it sucks. But happy for P.J. Walker. He was the MVP. Um, hope I don't know if they'll ever name him, but he's the MVP. We just deemed him cleared, the Nest clearly, College yeah. Football XFL MVP. Named him. Boom. Temple with a Three year deal with Nike. Done with Under Armour. Under Armour was there for like six years, I think. Seven years, maybe. And uh, I mean, their contract had expired my senior year, going into my senior year at Temple uh, around 2015. And then they re signed with Temple, got a way, uh, re signed with Under Armour, got a way bigger deal. Now that deal's over. It was a four year deal. Now they're on to Nike, huge for basketball, huge for football. The guys love it, the teams love it. A big, big time move.
1: Yep, uh, Nike is a big time football uh, supporter and and one of those big uh, um, companies you like to get behind you. You know, I, I, yeah, I know at Southeast Missouri here we're, we went from Nike to Under Armour, so we did the complete opposite of what Temple did. So, um, but no, you know, Nike. When you look, I think the team that everyone thinks of when you think of Nike is Oregon, with all those jerseys and helmets and pants, shoes, gloves, etc. Um, pretty exciting to think about all the uh, new jerseys and, and merchandise that Temple will be bringing out here in the near future.
0: Yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. But that's the wrap up on our all our sports canceled. Who knows when it'll all be back? Uh, I I it's not going to be for a long time with fans in the stands who knows if we'll have football next year in the fall there's talks of college football being played in the spring which would be wild there was talks of football being played in in the summer uh this summer to get the season in who knows when it'll happen if it'll happen hopefully it happens and if it does you'll hear from us right here on the next college football podcast any any, uh, any any quick note before we bring on our guests and headed to an NFL draft
1: preview no I just say you know for all our listeners out there um thanks for coming you know, back we we talk, we we talk about our sports and uh, you know we, we love our sports but your safety and you know do your part and uh hopefully we can get through this and, and we'll be talking about sports and going to events and your interests hobbies We'll be watching football, going to football games, do your part, and uh, take care.
0: All right, we're going to transition to the NFL Draft preview portion of the show. We're going to welcome on Matt Giantino, NFL Draft analyst expert that we've got on the show today. Matt, welcome.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thanks for coming to the show. First, we're going to start off with the top 10 in the draft. We have, our, starting with the first pick, we're going to go Bengals, Redskins, Lions, Giants, Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers, Cardinals, Jags, and the Browns. First off, we're going to start with the number one overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you think's going to be picked? Is it still going to be the Bengals picking? Tony, you may have some trade stuff. You love talking about the trades. But who do you guys think uh, is at number
1: one?
2: uh tony you for can take me. It away if you want to start up. yeah
1: start up. for me i see uh you know a couple weeks ago there were rumors going around that the dolphins i'm a big miami dolphins fan so that's where i kind of do my research but uh for me i think joe burrow 100 hands down will be the number one pick going to cincinnati uh there were rumors going around that miami was gonna you know give away their three uh first round draft picks this year for that number one pick so they get. you so they could get Joe Burrow, but Miami, from what I'm seeing right now, uh, they value each and every one of their picks uh, in the first round. So I got Joe Burrow going number one overall. Yeah,
2: and, and Tony, to to further your point with that, with valuing their picks, I I couldn't really agree more. You know, they they gave away a lot this year. You know, they they traded Laramie Tunsil to the Texans. Um, they got rid of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. You know, they're really in. A situation where they need to build their team with with quality guys. They spent a lot in free agency. Uh, they did a good job, w- what I thought. So they're in a really prime position to have a heck of a season next year. Uh, considering they didn't have much talent on that roster last year, and they did pretty well for the first year head coach Brian Flores. Um, so I agree. I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. Just get uh, well. Joe Burrow at number one. I don't think he's going to the Dolphins. I'll put it that way. Um, I don't yeah. think the Dolphins can afford it. I think that they're going to – again, we'll touch on it a little later when it gets to their pick. But I think that they'll, they'll go another route on um, the quarterback market. But I think uh, Joe Burrow, safe to say, is going to go to Cincinnati.
0: I got Joe Burrow as well. Do you guys think he plays for the Bengals or does he pull an Eli Manning or 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 similar to back in – what was it, the 80s when Elway was going to play for the Yankees? Do you think yeah. – joke because there was that rumor uh, like a month or so ago. Do you think he plays for the Bengals, or does he hold out?
1: Oof. He's uh, and he's a
0: whole an Ohio guy, which yeah. which makes you think he would he would play there. And then there was comments like a week or two ago that he, he's committed to whoever he gets drafted. Yeah,
2: mm. you know I I think he does. I think he ends up. Um, I think the days of like the Eli Manning, um, you know. John Elway thing are kind of long gone. I think um, it's not a really good look for a guy. You know, I think the the Mannings were able to pull it off because they were the Mannings uh, football family royalty. If Agreed. You will. And, and I think that, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, he had one really good year. It's not like we're talking about a kid who, you know, was a four-year starter, absolutely ripping it up, kind of like that Trevor Lawrence hype. You know, he, he really just had this one really good year. Um, so I don't think he even deserves to say, hey, I won't play for you um yes he's a national champion and he did a great job um, under uh, Brady and and uh, you know kojo but uh, I, I think he has to play for them and I think at the end of the day he's gonna want to like you brought up Chris he's an Ohio guy it's gonna happen
0: yeah I, th- I think he's gonna stay there it, it's it, especially his latest comments where it, it kind of shut those. Rumors down. I think he's gonna play there. If he hadn't, if he hadn't addressed it, I think maybe then we can speculate a bit more. But I think he shut those rumors down already, and and he's he's going to the Bengals, blocking yeah, it. I'll in. say this.
1: I'll say this really quick. I think when comparing it to like an Eli Manning, Philip Rivers type situation, there isn't that second quarterback in this draft. You know, people will say, "Well, what, Tua." Well, Tua doesn't have that that firm, hundred percent health part say hey we'll trade you a quarterback for quarterback uh, so there's not really that for sure second quarterback in this draft to where Cincinnati may feel comfortable about switching um, so I think Joe Burrow the guy I think he's going to play Cincinnati.
0: Agreed I think completely unrelated to anything football he, he fits he is going to be Joe the Tiger King he played for the LSU Tigers he's going to play for the Bengal Tigers and his, his name's Joe He's gonna be Joe the Tiger King. There's where his shirts made up. It's it, It's destiny. Number two pick, Washington Redskins. Matt, you go first. Who do you got? I've got Chase Young locked in at number two.
2: Yeah. So uh, this one is definitely an interesting one as well. Uh, I also have Chase Young, but uh, to be honest with you, you know Ron Rivera, you know he's he's a four three guy. They were running a three four there for a while. Um, He's going to want the the pass rusher. Um, However, you don't know if they're definitely sold on Dwayne Haskins compared to what they tell you. Um, So I could see, you know, the Tua Tagovailoa situation here. I really could. I do think it will be Chase Young. But, listen, you know, uh, they have a lot of talent on the defensive line already with Ryan Kerrigan and uh, Deron Payne and a couple guys from Alabama, Jonathan Allen, uh, who they took a couple years ago. They have a good amount up front. Um, They took Sweat. Uh, montez sweated at mississippi state last year so they have some options um of course chase young would help them tremendously uh but you know i wouldn't be surprised if if it wasn't chase young either but i, I i'm gonna go chase young
1: tony yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with matt it's not as simple as saying chase young but at times it feels like it is I, you know ultimately redskins fans you want to know how much your um general manager is behind asking. you know if if it's 50-50 um they might do some research and 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 move down in the draft to snag a quarterback they value but here's the kicker Chase Young everything you read about him everything you hear about him he's a he's a gold jacket type of talent on paper and it's hard to say hey we're going to pass this guy up for you know a quarterback where you might already have a quarterback that can take over and and leads you to the playoffs or what have you. So Chase Young is my pick, but definitely a team um, to keep an eye on uh, in the draft. But Chase Young is um, the number two pick. I believe.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to Chase or Tua, and and if and if they're thinking of Tua, they can they can likely dish out Dwayne Haskins, similar to what the Cardinals did uh, in in taking Kyler Murray, and I I, I you you wanna look back in, in five years if you're the Redskins do you do you want that redraft going around? What if they took the other guy? What if they took Tua or what if they took Chase? I think your easiest lock is you take Chase, he's he's more the lock as opposed to Tua looking back five years
1: from now. Yeah, I, I also think if you look at your a perfect example, the 49ers I mean they built their uh, team around defense. And the defense was so good. And Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, he did enough to get him to where they needed to be. Um, You can make the argument, well, he didn't have the best game in the Super Bowl, but got him to the Super Bowl. He had a really good defense. So if you're Washington and you want to build around Haskins, get that defense. And Chase Young is an amazing player to kind of start with and build around. Yeah, agree, definitely.
0: Number three is the Detroit Lions. Who do you guys got? Tony, go first.
1: For me, this is where I get uh, my trade speculation starts. Uh, Detroit's in a very, very unique situation where they can get that – got to help me out, Chris, with his last name. Okuda. Uh, the cornerback. Okuda. Yeah, the cornerback. Uh, they can get him at uh, five or six, I, I believe. Um, and so that's when teams like Miami Dolphins and Chargers may look – to jump up to that spot, you know, and and Detroit also, I mean, they've kind of gotten out of the rumors for quarterback because they have Stafford, but they also may need a quarterback too. So they may try to slide down and and get some uh, picks maybe in the second round to get one of these QB sleepers uh, later. But uh, this one's a tough one for me because I I do feel that Detroit's in a position to to, to get some value out of Miami and um, San Diego. Or not San Diego, LA. That's a that's a slap on the hand there, uh, LA. Um, but I don't see Miami making that jump. And when we get to them, I'll tell you why. But uh, LA is the team that I can see jumping up and grabbing Tua. Um, and Tua's had a lot that health wise, and, and uh, this, that test he took, he was a low score on that. Uh, but Detroit's in a great position. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, and say they do get that quarterback at the third spot. And uh, they, they stay put.
2: Yeah. Tony, you know, that's you brought up a lot of really good points. And, and I agree with you. I mean, they they traded Darius Slay to the Eagles in the offseason. And they signed Desmond Trufant, who was let go by the Falcons. So they have one option there at corner. Um, he's getting a little older. I think uh, Jeff Okuda would be a heck of a guy to pair with them. I think if they stay there at three, he is definitely the pick. I do think that if they do trade out, whether it be Miami or, um, who knows if, uh, you know, um, they want to make a, a deal with, uh, the Patriots. I know they have a couple of New England guys in their front office. You never know. You never know the chargers, whoever, mm-hmm. uh, for a quarterback. Um, if they do move down, if they move down to, let's say the chargers or Miami, I think a prime player for them is actually Derek Brown. Um, they let go of uh, Snacks Harrison in the offseason. Uh, Matt Patricia, again, defensive guy. He loves his big guys up front. Um, so I could see Derek Brown as a trade-down target, but if they stay at three, I think it's going to be Okuda.
0: Yeah, I have Okuda as well. I got to see him play, and he had a pick in that uh, Penn State game this year. Uh, I mean, with Matt Stafford, it, how long does he have left? When do you start seeing the downslope? He does have those Hall of Fame numbers. But he's just but he's played on the Browns his whole career um, the Browns the Lions sorry in the Midwest everything becomes the same but yeah, uh, yeah, I but yeah Je- Jeff Okuda he's, he's the guy I talent, talented uh, I mean to be two out of the top three coming from Ohio State says a lot about the Ohio State program and uh, I think Jeff's Jeff's in at three. Next up, we have the our New York Giants, Matt and I's team, uh, at the four spot. And uh, your Twitter name, Matt, is Isaiah Simmons no matter what. So I think, uh, I mean, I have Isaiah Simmons as well. We both have Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, linebacker, Why Simmons, and uh, yeah, tell me why Simmons. And if not yeah, Simmons, think- who else would they take?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll preface that by saying if they do trade down, I think an offensive tackle will be the uh, spot. Um, Just like Tony said with the Lions, the Giants are in a pretty nice spot. Um, Could actually hurt them if the Lions do trade down because then they may be in no man's land uh, to trade down. But I think if they do, offensive tackle, I would target Jedrick Wills. He's my number one offensive tackle. Um, But the reason I would pick Isaiah Simmons for the Giants is is simple. The Giants defense stunk. We saw it last year. They have no playmakers really on this defense um, who are game changers. Um, You know, you look at two of the best players at their position all time, Anthony Munoz, left tackle, and Lawrence Taylor, uh, outside linebacker. Who would you rather have to start your team? Uh, I'm not saying Isaiah Simmons is Lawrence Taylor. He's not. But you talk about impact defensive players, you're going to game plan around Isaiah Simmons. You're not going to game plan around against Jedrick Wills Um, so you know coming from the Bill Belichick coaching tree if you will Joe Judge is going to look for a versatile football player he could play special teams he could play corner outside inside linebacker do everything the Giants need that they need versatility they need a guy who's going to make plays Um, I just get super excited watching his tape Um, a bigger um, more athletic Derwin James if you will uh, he can really do it all, so I would love that for the Giants. Um, but you can't really go wrong, Wills or or Simmons. Though,
0: so. yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with Simmons. Uh, I keep for for the longest time. Your your Twitter's been named that, and uh, <laughs> it's just also been like imprinted in my mind that Giants are going to get Isaiah Simmons,
2: uh, no matter what. I hope that's the case. We'll see.
0: Tony, what's your
1: thoughts? Um, I, I I agree with you guys. I, I remember watching Simmons his freshman year. And say, man, this guy's a first-round pick. Um, Now, his junior year, at the end of his junior year, he's going to be most likely a top-five pick. So, uh, I look at the Giants situation, and I say, man, uh, what if Miami or LA wants to make a trade here, throw me a second-round pick? They're both, you know, you're. This is assuming you're assuming they're both going for quarterbacks. You know, if Miami throws me a second-round pick, or if you really want to. try to raise that price. Miami's got that 26th pick. So um, the giants are in a unique position. Um, They get Simmons regardless if they move up or down, I believe. Um, I don't see them moving any further down than six, but uh, Simmons is that guy. And I think that's the guy that they want for the defense because he can do anything literally on defense. So, um, you know, if Miami were to throw them a second round pick, um, I see them moving down, but Simmons is that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean it's we've had riveting. We've all agreed on our top four, and I think this is where we're gonna see some things start changing. Uh, at five, we have the Miami Dolphins. Mel Kuyper has Justin Herbert at, in his latest mock draft going to the Dolphins. I think that's his like Jimmy Clausen pick. He's yes, he's gonna totally. hype he's gonna hype this guy up way more than he should be. And, uh, and then he has the Chargers taking Tua at six. Dolphins, I have Tua at five. Tell me why he's not, and if it, if it's not him, who's going to be there?
1: You know, for me as, as a big Dolphins fan, Tua, since uh, the summer of last year. You were tank um, for Tua. That was your, your slogan. Yeah I, yeah, I wasn't so much tank. I, I knew that the players that they had on the field were going to do everything to win. But the players on the field uh, sometimes were undrafted rookies. or So, it, it, you know, you, you get where I'm going there. Those players wanted to win, but they weren't always in the best position talent-wise. Um, but, you know, Tua's been the plan uh, since that uh, summer, and a lot has changed. Uh, he had a very serious hip injury. Um, he's had to recover. We've had the coronavirus where – Scouting players and interviews and all this has has not that they haven't happened, but they've changed immensely. So to have the same from 2019 scouting from 2020 is definitely different. Um, Miami, for me, has done the perfect smokescreen for Justin Herbert, uh, meaning they they said we're interested. We we like all the all these prospects. We like Jordan Love. We we like Tua. We like Herbert uh we like in their last general manager interview uh he said we had eight or nine players we feel comfortable taking at 5 um i think the dolphins first of all stand stand pat at 5 i don't see them moving because they they value every one of their picks that they've acquired um i do see Tua being that number 5 pick i i He's your pick that's my pick. I I think uh, the fan base wants him. Um, I think Morris wants him. He's he's got every all the traits you want. Um, and then later in the draft, um, get those build it, build in the trenches, which we'll talk about. But um, two is number five. Matt, do you agree? I
2: do agree. I think um, either way you cut you cut this for the Dolphins, whether it's Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, um, which would both be a bit of a surprise, or Tua the Dolphins have an advantage here and that's, Hey, we have Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we have the opportunity to, if two is not healthy, he can sit and get healthy. He still is going to need to maybe learn, maybe get some, uh, you know, some reps behind some guys, you know, in, in preseason games, whatever. Every single one of those guys needs some sort of either development or with two rest. So I don't think you could go wrong with taking two. They have an option at quarterback. It's not like a Charger situation where you're gonna throw out Tyrod Taylor, no offense to him. Um I don't again, I'm not saying Josh Rosen is gonna go win you a Super Bowl, right, Tony? But um or Ryan Fitzpatrick for that matter, but they can get the job done as a stopgap for a year or a couple games, whatever it may be, until Tua maybe is healthy or ready to go, or another one of those guys. But I think it's gonna be Tua. Do they take
0: any position besides a quarterback?
2: I don't see it. I think I, you got to take I, I, a quarterback.
0: And with, with the way the, the cards have been dealt, everyone week six, everyone's like, Dolphins aren't going to win a game. Week eight, Dolphins won't win a game. They're the lock-in for number one, and they're going to take Tua. And that's what, I, to me, it was already a done deal. To many, it was already a done deal. Then next yeah. thing you know, Dolphins make a run at the end of the season. Tua gets injured, and here they are. Somehow, number five, Tua falls right back in their lap. They, they're getting their guy. It was their guy at the beginning of the year. It's their guy now. It's Tua.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the kicker was, I was talking about last summer, no one really thought about Joe Burrow. Um, right. You know, he was going to take over LSU, but you weren't thinking he was going to be the number one overall pick. So that would, that that definitely changed. And then the injury against Tua, you know, hurt him, literally. Um, but uh, Tua, Tua's got all the things you want for a leader. Uh, I think Miami's looking for that leader. Um, you know, the, this past week the, the results came out on his uh, – I think it's the Wonder Luck test. test. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, they had a quarterback who didn't do so well in Miami. His name was Dan Marino on that test too. So I think two was that guy. And, uh, you know, to answer your question, Chris, about is there any other players that they uh, – take it five, you know, I will say this, I I do believe it's Tua, 98%. But if Miami is comfortable with maybe moving up maybe to the seventh, eighth spot with the ammo they got, because to me, this is, they have so many draft picks in the top uh, 60, top 50. Um, If they can somehow sneak their way up to the top 10 um, and get a quarterback they value, maybe it's not Tua. Maybe they value Jordan Lovellum. Um, they might draft someone different at five but I don't know if that's feasible maybe Matt you could answer that a little but um, are you saying they, are, five, su- are you
0: suggesting they stay at five and move up to the top ten for a second top ten pick or are you saying drop um,
1: you know I would say top ten top fifteen I, I don't know how easy it is to move but I mean Matt you. I know you, you really look into this stuff and Miami's got a lot of draft capital and they can do a lot with what they have yeah
2: they, they they could and, and you know that's a, that's a good point um, you know I really think though it's it's at that point you know where where do you, what are you targeting you know what I mean at that point you know this the edge rusher that you may get you know you're gonna trade up for you know Cleavon Chase on you know in the top ten I don't know um, yeah you know I don't know what you would do there like what position at that point are you looking for are you looking for you know, your next franchise left tackle after letting go of Laramie Tunsil. So you want to go get uh, Andrew Thomas, different story. Um, if you came out of, of the draft, see what I would do is if you were going to trade up for a tackle and the, and your your fifth, your, your fifth overall pick was Tua, you trade up for Jedrick Wills. is a lefty, Jedrick Wills was his right tackle protecting his blind side. That's the guy that becomes your new left tackle, if you will. Um, that would be something that I would highly consider if I was the dolphins um, pair those two guys back together. They have a good feeling and rhythm with one another. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea. And like you said, they have the opportunity to do it. I just feel that there's, you know, a lot of different holes and you're probably going to have to give up more than just 18 at that point. Um, so I just say, keep, keep all three uh, first round picks as they are.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I just said, they. I mean, they just had that capital and, um, you know, it, it the the weird thing is is if you draft Tua or Herbert or Love, how you draft your offensive tackle changes because Tua's a lefty and then yep. Jordan Jordan and uh Herbert are, are righty. So one in one case you're drafting a right tackle and in the other case you're drafting a left a left tackle, who do you value more on in the trenches too? I think that becomes a part of it. Right. Absolutely.
0: Next up, we have the sixth pick, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this is where Kuyper has Tua going. I do not have him there. I do have them selecting a quarterback. I think they got to. They, they lost out on the Tom Brady sweepstakes, and I think they're – and now Phillip Rivers is gone. So who you said Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's their man. They're going to take a quarterback. Who is the quarterback? We'll keep it short. Keep it quick. Matt, who do you think's their quarterback?
2: I think it's Justin Herbert. Yeah, like I said, I I don't think you can go in with Tyrod Taylor. I think uh, Justin Herbert's the next best option. Uh, I think Jordan Love's going to need some time, so I'm going to go
1: with Herbert. Tony? Agreed, Herbert. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I think, starts the year. But um, within uh, four or six games, I think it's Herbert's job. See, now
0: I have – this is where my first – odd thing that happens in the top 10 there's always one or two big time surprises this is my first big time surprise and with everything weird virtual draft not being able to to, to have all your pro days i still think this happens i'm going jalen hurts at number six wild card i think they take jalen hurts he's proven himself multiple locations multiple places multiple systems i think they take jalen hurts
2: that would be a, a shock, man. That's a that's uh, wow. That's I yeah, never heard yeah, anyone yeah. say that yet, so I, that's interesting. My that hot happened, take, man. I'm for it, but
1: you know, my hot take. You know, I gotta ask you this really quick. Uh, and Matt, you might be able to answer this because you've studied like where if how far you know how de- the depth of the draft, but uh, with well, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's projected third, fourth round, you probably can get him maybe later. Yeah. That's what
0: they all said about about Baker Mayfield. That's what many had said about Johnny Manziel. Obviously, both those guys were taken by the Browns. But yeah, I, and and I just think the value of some of these guys are going to be bumped up, and he's he's one yeah. of those guys I think it could happen where he, nobody expects hey. it. I have one more yeah. later on, but that's 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 who I think they got to get a quarterback, and you have you have. Joe Burrow's gone. Two is probably gone. You're left with Herbert. Hurts, Jake Fromm, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason. Those are your top guys left. I'm, I'm thinking Hurts. Okay. I love the hot take. I love it.
2: Yeah. I do too.
0: Next up, you have the Carolina Panthers. Head coach Matt Rule from the Temple Owls and yes. the Baylor Bears. I have Derek Brown, defensive tackle, going there. Uh, I, I if, if there was any type of Temple guy coming close in the first round, I would I would say he would lean there, but it's not. I think Derek Brown defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I also have uh, Derek Brown here. I think uh, the value here meets a need for them. Uh, they don't really have much going on interior on their defensive line. They need a lot of uh, defensive uh, playmakers. I, I could totally see a guy, believe it or not here, um, a bit of a hot take, kind of a maybe a bit of a reach. Um, C.J. Henderson, who have been rumored to maybe uh, be a trade up candidate for the Falcons. Um, They need a cornerback, too, on defense there for the Panthers. They lost James Bradbury to the Giants. They don't really have another option. Again, passing league, you need a bunch of corners. Uh, But Derek Brown is, is honestly, at this point, if you skip on Derek Brown for C.J. Henderson, I would think Matt Rule is insane. So I'm going to go best player available at this point and just go uh, Derek Brown.
1: Tony? Yeah, I'm going to actually, with Carolina, I'm going to, for sure, maybe this is a hot take, I'm going to say they trade down. And the, the team they trade with is Tampa Bay. Um, I think uh, they switch spots. I, you know, what they give up is, of course, that first-round pick um, to move up but or to move down as Tampa Bay moves up. But I think Tampa Bay moves up to get um, one of the top offensive linemen in the draft. And um, it could be Tristan, Tristan Wurfs or – uh, you know, probably a left, a left tackle, Andrew Thomas, one of those guys they value. Whoever's on their board, you know, whoever they value the most. But uh, Carolina can move down. I think they're building, and uh, they can get more pieces to the puzzle if they get some picks or maybe even a player um, to fill those the void. But I think Tampa Bay, with all the momentum they have this off season, um, got a Hall of Fame. Um, I guess a goat. You can stay in there quarterback now um why not get him as much protection as you can and or maybe even move up to get a a receiver you really value but uh i believe he'd be in the trenches um to to protect brady and uh i think it's going to be i'll just give a name i'll say uh tristan work from iowa good pick
0: not not a bad pick next up the arizona cardinals are at eight who do you got at uh, the
2: Cardinals with number eight, man. Yeah. Uh, I have here, I have Tristan Wirfs, um, and I'm, just a quick little reason why. Um, we don't really know what Cliff Kingsbury looks for in offensive lineman, what he actually values, how he – if he even really values the offensive line position. Um, and like I said, if he does, what is he looking for? Um, but in my opinion, looking at that offense, what he's trying to do. Um, if you look at Tristan Wirfs' combine, just how he plays, he's super mobile. Uh, his nickname is Uber because he just, like, picks people up, lifts them off the ground, and and takes them for a ride. Um, he's fast, and there's no doubt. He's probably the most athletic, um, you know, when it, he cleans over 600 pounds at Iowa, broke the record. Um, I think he's a really good um, tackle prospect. I don't think he's the best. I think there's definitely some boss potential for him, um, but I do think that he is a, is a good pick for them and fits what they're trying to do.
1: Tony? I'm going to say uh, offensive line also. Jared uh, Willis, Jr. from Alabama. Um, I think offensive line is, their, uh, is one of their weaknesses. But to Matt's point, I mean, you know, Pinkberry's, his, uh his offense is so quick and, and tries to mock the, the Texas Tech model where he was. And, you know, Kyler Murray is also so unique to protect. Because with his legs, he can almost protect himself in some ways. So, um, definitely, what does their offensive line board look like? What are they looking for? Maybe a more of an athletic type uh, offensive lineman. But um, I'm going to go with Willis there at uh, with uh, Cardinals.
0: Yep, my next surprise here is I think Jonathan Taylor comes off the board at running back. Uh, I know most most say that. Why take a running back in the top ten? It's so overvalued. But we've seen it happen multiple times. The Giants have had success with Saquon Barkley going in the in the in the top top two there. Uh, and I think is it Jonathan Taylor Saquon Barkley? No. But is he is he one of the, the best running back on the board? I think yes. I think he's better than DeAndre Swift. And I think he goes to the Cardinals. Right now their top running back is Kenyon Drake. I think you take Jonathan Taylor to the Cardinals. Pair him with Kyler Murray and you got Larry Fitzgerald, Gerald DeAndre Hopkins. Now you have all weapons, quarterback, running back, two amazing wide receivers, add Jonathan Taylor to that mix.
2: Interesting pick. Wow, I like the the two sleepers, man. The two hot takes. It's interesting.
0: Thank you. Number 9. We got the Jags. Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you got? Matt.
2: Uh I'm going to I'm going to actually go here. Uh, I'm going to go CJ Henderson um, from, uh, from Florida, the corner. Uh, obviously, Florida hasn't had the best corner prospects with uh, Vernon Hargraves or Tease Tabor, um, but they've had guys like Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins come out of there we um, have been on the better side. But the Jaguars desperately need a corner. You know, they let go of Jalen Ramsey from attitude problems. He didn't want to be there. They traded AJ Boyer this offseason. Um, they obviously value the position, and you saw what that defense did with two really good corners. Um, you know, They keep C.J. Henderson in the state of Florida. He goes to Jacksonville, and, and they start building that defense again. Um, and he's a guy, like I said, he's on the rise. There's no doubt. Uh, someone's going to trade up for him.
1: It uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's a top-ten pick. Tony? Yeah, I'm going to go Derek Brown from Auburn. I feel, I feel like he's the number one defensive uh, tackle on the board. And, um, I think Jacksonville, like Matt said, they're kind of, kind of trying to figure everything out down there. Um, first they opened their beaches. Now they got a draft. So, um, you know, it's tough because you look at their quarterback situation and you're like, is men shoot the guy. Like what, how do you feel about him? But, um, I feel like, like I said, with, um, building defense and how San Francisco kind of did it. I think you start with defense and, uh I think they get Brown from Auburn. Not bad.
0: I think uh, number nine, I'm going to go with another offensive weapon here, is going to be Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Right now their their top wide receiver is DJ Shark. Then they have D.D. Westbrook. I think uh, they give Gardner Minshew uh, another weapon. Uh, Why does Jerry Judy the best wide receiver? I think he's the best receiver on on the chart and he goes uh, i think he's top 10 and he goes number nine to the jags okay.
1: nice
0: number 10 we got the cleveland browns we're gonna wrap it up on the top 10 uh, i'm taking tristan wirf's offensive tackle uh you had already mentioned it was off off your board matt but i'm taking him to the uh to the browns
2: okay uh you know, for me, for the Browns, um, I'm going to have them actually go uh, with a different offensive tackle. I know I haven't had Jedrick Wills go, and this is odd because he's my number one tackle. Um, I think he'll end up sliding to the Jets at 11. I know we're not getting there. Um, I, I have them actually taking Andrew Thomas. He's the actual traditional uh, left tackle in out of all of them, um, who is the safest. Um uh, you know, four-year starter, played in the SEC. Uh, they just signed Jack Conklin, who is more of a traditional right tackle there. Um, really good run blocker, decent pass blocker. So I think that they go with more of the – they move on from Joe Thomas and they go to Andrew Thomas, and then they have their two bookends at tackle, and they can finally protect Baker Mayfield.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with offensive, offensive line too. You know, I think Cleveland's at the point where they're trying to figure out is uh, Baker Mayfield, our guy. We got him Beckham. We got him Jarvis Landry. They have talented running backs, uh, uh, talented tight end. and um, What else you, can you improve? Well, your offensive line. So like uh, Matt said, they, they went and got Cochran. And I believe they draft Andrew Thomas from Georgia to help with the left side of that line. And if, if they can't protect Baker Mayfield, he'll never succeed. But if they can protect him and, and Mayfield still can't produce, you start to f- find out your answer about where you are about your quarterback situation in Cleveland. So they go get Thomas and then this year will be a fun year to see if they don't trade Odell Beckham. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you which guys- I
2: think which I think could still happen, my, my yeah, idea. it still
1: happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's an exciting rumor. Him and uh, Leonard Fournette from the Jags. Those yes. are two players that are on the market and what, what, what draft that can get them um, yeah. from what team. That's pretty interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh you guys may have thoroughly convinced me the Browns are probably going to take Andrew Thomas. After those those compelling arguments, I think uh I think that it's a solid top 10 we've got. Not a lot of uh not as much uh discrepancy as I expected, but I believe uh we're going to be some of us are going to be completely wrong and there's going to be some movements and uh It'll be interesting to watch as as the draft approaches. Next, we have some of these uh, college football stars that some were mentioned, some weren't mentioned by each of us. I'm just gonna toss out some names and and you give me a team you think they would land. At, I don't know if you've you've maybe done it on your own mock draft. I'll let you know where i've I've just given them a team where I think they would land. You guys have already given Justin Herbert spot to land. I think Justin Herbert lands at the Jaguars. And Gar- wow. Gardner Minshew gets some uh, some competition, and the Jags are are taking. They have a second first round pick, which is uh, where is it uh, like twenty? 20 I, I feel yeah, yeah, twenty from the Rams. So I think he could he could drop down to there. Maybe they move it up, but I think the Jags take Herbert. You guys already mentioned where Herbert's going. Uh, we've already mentioned Burrow and Tua. What about Jalen Hurts? I said he was going to the, to the Chargers. Where do you guys see to uh, see Jalen Hurts landing?
1: Tony, go ahead. I'll let you take it. Oh, that's a it's a tough one. Um, to me, Jalen Hurts is a uh, a project quarterback, and I do see him as a quarterback. I think he has that skill set. Um, you know, I w- I would love to see him. I guess I'm answering the question kind of where I would love to see him. I would love to see him like in Baltimore or uh, Pittsburgh, where. At uh, Baltimore, per se, you know, he could fit that system of the ability to, to make a play with your legs, to have plays uh, made for your type of skill set. And I say Pittsburgh because, um, you know, Big Ben has a year or two left, maybe more. Um, but I feel Jalen Hurts can learn, sit and learn from him and, and kind of fit that. I think he fits that Pittsburgh uh, mindset. And uh, I could see him sliding in there and being a uh, future a future quarterback in Pittsburgh.
2: Interesting. I, I look at two spots. Um, one is uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks um, not comparing to Russell Wilson whatsoever. Um, I just think, again, they value someone who can use their legs. Um, not the most accurate thrower, um, but I think it would be interesting to see him learn from Russell Wilson um, and, and to see him with Pete Carroll again, who gets along great with the young guys, the college guys, he, he understands it from coaching uh, in college for a long time. Um, so I, I'd like to see him there. And then another place, uh, believe it or not, I think he would do really, really well is New England. Um, again, I don't think he'd come in and be a starter right away. But I just think that, listen, they they do a good job of taking guys and, and putting them in a spot. and. Um, you know, usually the guys that are slept on, and I think Jalen Hurts is being slept on, even though he's a big name, and I think that they would uh, set him up for success.
0: Yeah, I could see that fit in there too with the with the Patriots. Um, next name up I've got is Jake Fromm, quarterback out of Georgia. Where do you guys see him dropping in? Maybe what round? I think he's way late in the draft. Um, but I think he's going to be a steal for wherever he does go um anything past the the the, the fourth uh, i'd see him around the fourth round but anything beyond that he's going to be a steal i think yeah
2: um to be honest with you you know I, I see a lot of like kirk cousins to his game so i could see him in minnesota um i think that that's a kind of a good offense mm-hmm. for him play action heavy run um you know, I think they're going to go get another receiver in this draft. So if you have a first-round receiver with, uh, you know, Thielen and, and, and stuff like that, Dalvin Cook, uh, I don't really think Kirk Cousins is along for Minnesota, to be honest. Um, he's had his ups and downs, and um, I think that they can move on from him in the next couple of years. But, again, you get uh, Fromm behind the vet, uh, learn, develop, and I think uh, the Vikings would be an interesting spot for him.
1: Tony? Uh, for me, Fromm and Easton. Um, both of those guys they scream like they're going one of them is going to New England
0: um,
1: I, I feel like they fit that system um, part of me is like Belichick I don't know if he'll I, I don't know I got this weird feeling that he doesn't want to show the value of a quarterback I think he wants to win it uh, with his mind and how he coaches and defense and so I don't know if he, he makes a move early in the in the first couple rounds so like a from and Eastern maybe those guys, he, he, he gets late, kind of like he did with Brady, and um, develops. And uh, But they're both talented QBs. I know from was on that, um, maybe even Easton, too, uh, the Elite 11, when they were coming to school. And I know they both went to Georgia, one transfer to Washington. But um, talented quarterbacks, and definitely I think we all can agree, maybe a year or two um, of need some NFL taste and some, maybe to sit behind, but in, in New England that may not be an option. So, but I see both, both of those guys um, potential targets for New England.
0: Yeah, I got uh, Jake Fromm, similar situation. I think he's going to go to the Pats potentially. Uh, there's right now their starters Jared Stidham, and then their backups Brian Hoyer, and that's all they got going. And I see I see Fromm getting scooped up late in the draft. By by Belichick, I think he fits in, and uh, who knows when he when he starts, um, but I think I think he can go to the Pats, and we mentioned you mentioned Jacob Eason. I've got Jacob Eason going to uh, the Steelers. Yeah, I think okay. he's gonna end up there late in the draft. Um, where do you guys see Eason going?
2: I I would agree with you a hundred percent. I think the Steelers are perfect spot for him. Big arm. Um, big body guy um needs to fill out a little bit but but i think uh that's that's a spot-on place for him i could just re-band.
0: sit behind ben for one or two years okay. and then and then yep. walk in and they they pray it's like an aaron rodgers situation
2: exactly
1: tony yeah you know depending on um, what the new orleans board looks like um you know they i know they've shown a lot of loyalty to hill and uh you might figure to be that replacement for Drew Brees, but Drew Brees just signed a uh, T V contract with NBC. So his his time's coming sooner or later. Um so you gotta find a quarterback and maybe Eason if he if he falls because they're still trying to win a Super Bowl there and they have the talent to do it. So they may not want that they may value a pick that can win for him now instead of later. But um I see you have to find your replacement in New Orleans. If fills it, they don't draft him, but I could see Eason or some have a QB prospect of they value going to New
0: Orleans this year yeah that could that could very well happen as well I got the last quarterback on the on the college football stars is Jordan Love at a Utah State I have him going to the Las Vegas Raiders I think he fits in there they lost out on the sweepstakes for Tom Brady as well and uh, I, I see Jordan Love going to the Raiders it's
2: a good fit That's a good fit um I personally think um, Jordan Love, I'd like to really actually see him, i um, not saying it's going to happen, but I think a good fit for him would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, again, I don't know how Carson Wentz, um, I don't really know if they're that locked into Carson Wentz as much as we think that they are. Um, so that's definitely something, his injury history is obviously horrendous. Uh, and Jordan Love's got really good arm talent. Um, I think, you know, you got a lot of good Coaches over there in Philly, uh, Doug Peterson knows how to work and develop quarterbacks. Uh, he'd be a fun guy to definitely um, have around some good talent, and i like to see him in Philly's offense.
1: Tony? Yeah, I, I, this is a, this one is probably the most pluralizing moral, one for me in the sense that um, Jordan Love has had so much hype built around him based off the, his junior year versus – he had a great year, and then he had a poor year this past year. But um, not sure if he, I think he's a junior, but uh, he he's got everything you want a QB. Uh, I think everybody agrees that he's a year away uh, from taking over a starter spot. So, and I and I do project him to be a first round pick. I'm just trying to figure out uh, who wants him. You know, I, we we talk about Miami with uh, Herbert. You know, in the first round still. And and so Jordan Love on paper is that fourth guy. Uh, But then you look at teams, and there's not much besides those teams we really talk about. There's not really the market out there to to, to throw a first round pick. Um, So if New England really likes Jordan Love, uh, they're going to go get him. And I think New England, if they value the quarterback position uh, that much and uh, he's on their board, then uh, I can see the pass getting him. But um, if he slides, I mean, it's you know, it's tough. I mean, I can see him going to Pittsburgh, but that means he would be in, uh, wouldn't be a first round pick. He would be a second round pick, that I means he would slide out of it. And I don't know. I mean, he's got a lot of intangibles. Uh, they compare him to Mahomes, which is unfair because no one, no one has Mahomes' arm, but he can make a lot of unique throws that some of these prospects can't. So I, I'm Jordan Love is one of the prospects that I'm really excited to watch to see how his you know, there's always a player whose draft journey isn't projected. Like, you don't know. And so Jordan loves that guy I'm kind of excited to watch um, through through that first day and then maybe in the second day.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where, where Love lands. Uh, you did mention uh, three of these quarterbacks going to New England. So I think you're pretty high on uh, New England taking a quarterback. Do you think they take one? This early in your first round, even though you know, I
1: think every organization has their own board and and they value, um, you know, a certain position. I, I'll tell you this: Miami stole a lot of defensive uh, players from New England, uh, Kyle Van Noy, and et cetera. But uh, and and New England lost a lot of defensive talent. So for them, you know, do you? But they also lost Tom Brady. I, I mean
0: Speaking so, of Tom Brady, do you think do you think the Bucks go and take uh are they are they in the sweep six for any of these guys? Right now I, I for don't, some reason Jameis isn't listed on their death chart online. But he's
1: Well he he was released. He they released. released him.
0: And where where does Jameis land? And do they take right now their second string is Blaine Gabbert. Do do they go take any of these guys that we've mentioned? After Tom's done. I, after Tom's done.
1: I don't think so. I think uh, Tampa Bay is in and now" mode. Or who and, takes who uh,
0: takes who takes quarterback first? The Bucks or the Pats?
1: Pats. I say p- Pats. Yeah, Pats.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I think it's the Pats, and I, I think with with when you talk about the the Pats, I think it's a really good spot for Cam Newton. I really do. I think Cam Newton, like just Cam Newton, with a chip on his shoulder with Bill Belichick, like I feel like good luck.
0: Yeah, I don't know I how, really that, do. how that how's that not happened yet. And also the biggest loser out of all this quarterback big time quarterback switches we we got to talk is the Bears. The yeah. Bears, oh, what yeah. they wait 48 hours and they get Cam Newton for nothing and and they 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 they, they sign with Nick Foles. I think that's the biggest loss. Is that's the really Bears not getting Cam Newton.
2: The Bears really honestly with even when they traded up one spot with the 49ers. And the trade that they made for Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they gave up a lot. Yeah.
1: You know,
2: that was that was the argument that I had heard as a Giant fan with, you know, possibly the Dolphins this year. It's like, look at the, as a you know, a precedent. Um, you know, that's a that's a terrible trade. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is not great. And um honestly, like Nick Foles, like, you know, like what happens. He's had two that? he's, he's had weird one and a trade. half
0: years that are um, that are great. And everything else, he's yeah. just been that. He's just been a backup. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: That's had a starting role. Yep.
2: Agreed. Uh
0: But yeah, I, I, I don't know how Cam isn't picked up yet. Where does Jameis land in all of this? And we'll will depend all of these these names that we we picked. But I think the Bucks are gonna pick a quarterback at some point because yeah. they have such that value. They've they've invested with Tom Brady. Now, don't give up that opportunity to grab. Blaine Gabbert's not going to be your guy to sit behind Tom and turn out to be their Aaron Rodgers. You got, and everyone's tried to do that. Who's going to be that next Aaron Rodgers to sit behind your legend and learn for two to three years and then take over? That's where that. Yes, they they're trying to go after it now, next year, and the year after. But they got to figure out who's going to be that guy to just learn behind Tom while they've got it. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know, you know, I think one thing uh, to add to that, Chris, you make a, and you make a great point. I th- I bl- I agree with you. I think they need to get the guy in there to learn from Tom. Um, but here's the thing that that concerns me with that: um, if they take a guy, whoever that may be, um, whether that's a NFL, you know, vet, younger vet, or it's a rookie on whatever, if it's a guy who's somewhat um, decent, like if it is a Herbert or a Jordan Love or Jacob Eason or Fromm in Tampa, what you do is if Tom Brady at 43 years old Uh does not play well, right, that's not a good situation either because the fans are going to have all this hype, right? You remember the Eagles with the dream team that they had.
0: And the Browns this this past year.
2: right. So, you have all this hype with Tom Brady now, and let, let's say he doesn't play well at 43. Okay. I think he does, but let's just say he doesn't, which isn't that far fetched. Now you start saying, oh, you're going to bench Tom Brady, you know, for listen, I never thought it would come with Eli Manning, but it did. You know, it happens. No one thought it happened with Peyton Manning, but it does. You know, things happen. It's going to happen. Um, so, do you want that type of circus around your team? I don't think so. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. That's some definitely
1: I'll say, consider. I'll say this really quick. I you know, I obviously being a Dolphins fan though, uh if they draft, you know, they're gonna draft a quarterback. So that Josh Rose, I know he was brought up a little bit earlier. You know, he, he's a former top ten pick two drafts ago, and uh never was able to play against play for a good, not even mediocre offensive line. He's maybe behind two terrible offensive lines. Uh, I'm not sure his what his floor or ceiling is. But uh, you know Tampa Bay say, hey, we'll give you a fourth or fifth round pick for Josh Rosen. Um, not sh- not sure that'd be the worst idea for my uh, for Tampa Bay in the sense that they get a quarterback who's been in the NFL a couple years. Now he gets to sit behind Tom Brady and learn. He draft drafted tenth, you know, for a reason. Um, you know, take a, take a chance, get throw a throw a later pick out there, yeah. and see if you can de- develop Josh Rosen for the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I got Nala over here uh, wanting to uh, join the podcast right now. Apologize, but no, love it. Um, we'll we'll touch on uh, three running backs, three wide receivers, names you've heard all year. Uh, I already said Jonathan Taylor is in my top ten, going to the Cardinals. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Dre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Where do you got them going quickly? I got Swift to Georgia. Uh, sorry, Swift from Georgia to the Dolphins. And Dobbins to the Chargers. Where do you uh, where do you see those three guys, Taylor Swift, Dobbins going? Go for it.
2: Uh, I have Dobbins going to the Chiefs. I have DeAndre Swift going to um, the Dolphins, like you do, and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm gonna actually have him go to, um, I'll say Pittsburgh.
1: Tony. Um, for me, Swift, Miami, I'm glad we all agree with that. Um, best pass-catching running back in this draft, so I'm excited for that. You know, Dobbins, I actually love what Matt you said have the Chiefs. I mean, why not give them another weapon to run the ball? Um, and then Jonathan Taylor, you know, I, I Chris, I think you're 100% right, and we talked about this in the uh, beginning of the college football season. I love Taylor. Uh, he's a great run-between-the-tackles kind of guy. I see him going to Jacksonville after they unload Fournette.
0: You think okay. they're going to unload Fournette? Right okay. now their they're backup, their second-string man, is uh, uh, Rock Armstead, Temple alum right there.
1: Well, him and Armstead, T- Taylor and Armstead become the duo in Jacksonville.
0: Interesting. Next to wide receivers, I got Jerry, Judy, I already said, going to the Jags, and we got CeeDee Lamb and and Ruggs Third from Bama. Where do you see these guys going? Judy, Lamb, Ruggs
2: uh i'm gonna say judy um i have them i have i'll have jerry judy going to uh the new york jets uh cd lamb to the um oakland raiders and um henry ruggs to the denver broncos
1: tony wow yeah Matt, you for the words right out of my mouth the only difference i have is judy i think you said the broncos right uh
2: judy to the jets and then okay. um rugs the broncos ruggs. Rugs to the Broncos.
1: Okay, I have Judy to the Broncos. Um, let's see here. And um,
0: Rugs to the Jets. All right, well, and where do you got Lamb?
1: Lamb, I have him falling uh, to uh, the uh, to the Raiders.
0: Okay. So I can, we all have got the Jets in here, except now I, one of us is going to be right, I think. I got the Jets taking CD Lamb. We all agree the Jets need. They lost Robbie Anderson, their number one guy, yeah. to the Panthers. Yeah. They're gonna need a wide receiver. I think the Jets take CD Lamb. I already said Judy the Jags, and I'd say Rugs going to the Eagles. Eagles need some wide receivers. I say yeah. Rugs going to the Eagles in that first round, and Lamb going to the Jets in the first round.
1: Good
0: yeah. yeah, and then we've already mentioned Okuda. All of us. So that's those are my stars that we've that we've heard all year long. Yeah. Um. And now we can uh, transition to some of these Temple guys and and mention a couple of the SEMO guys. But uh, Temple's guys right now, they're, they're top draft prospects. Matt Hennessy, center. Harrison Hand, uh, safety. Sean Bradley, inside linebacker. Chappelle Russell, outside linebacker. Uh, I'm going to butcher, because and I'm going to get yelled at by that guy who runs the other Temple football podcast. Uh Caramo <laughs> Diabate, defensive line, Isaiah Wright, wide receiver, kick returner. Uh those are those are the top guys in the in the in the draft prospects from Temple. Um Matt, have you heard of any of these guys? And I, if I were to guess, you have probably heard of Matt Hennessy.
2: Sure. The yeah, center. Like,
0: You're an offensive I, line guy.
2: Yeah. Uh I'm wearing a hat right now that says O lines matter. So I am an offensive line guy. Um I, I love uh, Matt Hennessy. You know, I think he's, uh, um, he, him and Cesar Ruiz from Michigan are the two centers I have uh, one and two. Um, I think they're pretty interchangeable. Uh, the only difference that I think is that Matt Hennessy is um, a little bit more versed uh, in zone and gap schemes, which is definitely more versatile. I think he's a little bit weaker on the point of attack. Um, good anchor. Uh, I'd love to see him uh, from her New York Giants, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a plug-and-play starter right away um the other guy is uh bradley the linebacker uh sean bradley i believe is his name right yep yep sean bradley i think he's a guy who could come in um he is your prototypical new england special teams ace linebacker who comes in and just becomes an unsung hero i think he's he'll definitely crack a 53-man roster but it will be through special teams um know 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 about Harrison Hand a little bit uh the safety spot um you know a couple of these guys i think are just undrafted guys at this point um but i, I listen temple football is, is pretty good and they have a pretty good pedigree now they've developed a good program in the past 10 years um so i, I think that those three guys are the big 3 hennessy bradley and, and harrison hand um you know if you want to touch on any more of those guys
0: uh, yeah. yeah i mean uh tony who's your uh out of out of these guys, we've talked about.
1: Uh, give me your thoughts. You, you know, I, I hear the name Sean Bradley, and we talked about him uh, a bunch at Tennessee and, and the offensive line. But one guy that we talked about a lot in August and uh, had a disappointing year was Isaiah Wright. And I and I, and I look forward to him. Um, you know, he won't. I don't think he'll be drafted, but maybe to uh, get a chance in. Uh, I'm, we'll have to see what the landscape looks like with camp and uh, have a chance to break a, uh, on a roster because he's a very athletic, fast um, type player. Maybe he could be a um, special teams pickoff return or a punt return type player, uh, but he's a guy who's fast and, and can break um, into space. So Isaiah Wright's a guy, a sleeper in the Temple draft class right now that you know, I hope for the best for him. I hope he is able to make an opportunity, and, and I hope for any undrafted player, you know, with the landscape of sports right now, it you always teams always try to look for these guys that you know aren't drafted, or but they, they they're able to get on a fifty-three man roster, and hopefully that opportunity is there for, for those types of players. Yeah,
0: I mean, right now, if you look at a lot of draft draft boards, mock drafts, um, they've got. Uh, for some reason, they've got Chappelle Russell way up there above Sean Bradley. Uh, right now, um, ESPN has him in a top 15 uh, linebackers, um, which which is a little surprising to me. I'm going to go with, first off the board, I think it's going to be Matt Hennessy. I think he's going to be a, a second-round guy. I think Harrison Hand is also a second-round guy. Last year, we had Rocky sin. Go to the Colts in the second round, another D back, um, but I think both those guys go in the second round. Some of these other drafts, mock drafts, have seen them go third round, fourth round for those guys. Uh, Sean Bradley, to me, he's uh, he's that weapon we we heard about all year long on defense. Um, I, I'm gonna compare him to he's a you mentioned uh, a, a Matt you mentioned him like a special teams kind of guy. He reminds me a lot of Tyler Matikavich who actually was with the Steelers, their their special teams master over there for for Pittsburgh for a few years. He actually just signed a new two-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. But I see Sean Bradley being that that kind of guy going in. Uh, I think he's going to be a third- to fourth-round guy, Chappelle Russell, around the fourth round. And then uh, I see Karamo and Wright, Potentially 7th round to undrafted. I see Wright falling to undrafted likely. Um, he did have a disappointing year this year. Last year he, he went off. Was great. But I think the current staff didn't use Isaiah Wright to their advantage. A lot of his, uh, and I think that all stems down to special teams. He was a preseason All-American punt and kick returner. And uh, then did nothing with it. He had he was he had called a lot of fair catches, and it wasn't his. It's not his forte. He's not a guy that's gonna call fair catches a ton. And he was he was just uh, he was he was tied down this year. So I think he's gonna go undrafted. He's gonna make up make a splash in the preseason if there is one in minicamp if there is one. Um, and, and honestly, that might even hurt him because of the coronavirus. Wright may not get the chance that he should get. But I see right. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be on someone's special teams, and he's gonna bust a few um, kick returns, and he's gonna he's gonna make some noise for himself that way. But I don't see him getting any 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 time on, on any draft boards. So, um, and I think the question is how many of these guys we've got. Seven. Can I do the math right? One, two, three, four, five, six, six guys. How many of these guys will be taken by Matt Rule and the Panthers? <laughs> I think. You know, yeah,
2: I think a good amount.
0: I, I mean, right now he just signed four in, in the last uh, two months with right. P.J. Walker. We mentioned earlier in the show, P.J. Walker, Keith Kirkwood, Tahir Whitehead, and Robbie Anderson. All straight, and he's got 10 coaches on his staff from Temple and two front office guys on his staff from Temple. So 12 staff, he makes 13, four he just signed. I, I think the you got to set the over-under on two and a half out of these six go to the Panthers.
2: I'd say over. I, I'd say over. You know, I think that if you look at, you know, what, like you said, Matt Rule, I mean, you can look at legitimately, like I said, the big three guys of Hennessy, um, of, um, uh, I'm sorry, the linebacker. Yeah, uh, um, Russell or yep. Bradley. Bradley. Yep. And then, uh, Harrison hand, you, I could see all three of those guys right there. Um, you know, you're looking at a second, a fifth, and maybe like a sixth or seventh rounder. Um, and and don't forget now with, with this draft, we're in such an odd time with, with COVID that, you know, a lot of guys who were maybe mid round guys or, you know, some of those, uh, you know, like Isaiah, Wright, Like you said, you know, they would have benefited from those pro days. Yeah. know they, they, they need that kind of stuff. And, you know how many teams are going to really look at the guy's Twitter video where his uncle is timing his forty and he runs a four two. You know, and like not too many scouts are going to take that with uh, too much validity. So, of course, and I've seen a um, lot of
0: the. Um, uh, you, you, I think you shared the video of this yeah. guy's agent doing using the pads. Yeah, that was a ridiculous yeah. video, all time. It was
2: like video. what? Like what is that proving? <laughs> I mean, really, you, know, you have this very pound you know? offensive
0: tackle. Do you know who it was like, again?
2: Uh, what was that? Who was it again? I think it was one of the tackles. I want to say it was like, I think it was maybe Andrew Tom. Oh no, it was Prince Tego Wanago from
0: um, Auburn. How, over it, over three hundred pounds. Over
2: three hundred, like six foot six, right? Big dude, and you got this like little like attorney, you know, sports agent,
0: like one ninety
2: five, like, like yeah, like 5'2", like vocal <laughs> tone, you know, tan and. And it's just like
0: dude, really? Like, he, had, he had buttons on his shirt too. Like it was it was the most absurd video.
2: I was like, What is it look like he's playing with his like baby brother in the backyard? It's like, what is going on? <laughs> going
1: absurd. Crazy and going.
0: and things like that are gonna like when when you see a Bradley, a Chappelle Russell, or even a hand, if he drops, um, yeah. Rule and his entire staff know their value better yeah. than any other any of the other organizations. So they're going to they see him slip a little bit, they're going to take him. They they've already right. got that upper hand on knowing what these guys can do, and they'll, the other teams are going to go for a, without having everything we've had normally with uh, due to coronavirus, they're going right. to go with a Power 5 guy who played in the SEC, who's played against the talent over over a guy who like was a Tyler Matakevich years ago who who they can bring him in and they can see that those intangibles that you don't see on tape that you don't yep. see on 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 the in the in the box score, so there these guys, I think you're going to see four of these guys. You could see all of them go to the Panthers, honestly.
2: Sure, sure, no doubt.
0: And then people are going to be wondering, there's Panther fans be like, what is what are we what are we doing building the uh, two thousand fifteen Boca Raton team out here mm-hmm. in in Panther? They already said it, and uh, I love it. We did lose that game to Toledo. Speaking of Toledo, we got to mention congrats to Coach Coach Gus Duggerton. From Don't. Toledo, FSU wins yeah. the Fiesta Bowl with Florida right. State. Just signed as co-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call it, with USC. And yeah. how about these these programs, USC, Florida State, and Toledo, all being smart and understanding? We have to make our own graphic. Like their their stock has skyrocketed. The best is yeah. seeing the reply comments, reply yes. tweets of people who have no idea that it's a joke, <laughs> understanding the inside joke whatsoever, getting absolutely it. infuriated that, that the Graham Graham is gonna be sharing the the co offensive yes. decisions how, with Coach How Cubs. about
2: the fact that there's there's a there's a, a human being out there that looks like Coach Dougs
0: Identical to Coach Doug. Identical Hollywood so, I mean, Hollywood You have a
2: real element to it. So I mean it's 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 wild. I love it. I love it. It's
0: and, and it's the smartest thing. What do you, what is your what is your USC Twitter gonna do during this time? Like nothing. Yeah, right. This is this is how you you gain you gain some followers, you gain some traction. Love the move, right. but I, I think uh, I think three uh, th- half of these guys go to the Panthers. Yeah, you got the, I'm with uh, you on that. I agree. Tony, how many of these guys you got to pick out of the six? How many go to the Panthers?
1: Oh, you know, I would say three or four. I think. Uh, how do you not take a chance on um, Isaiah Wright? Especially if you recruited him and you know. I think he gets signed.
0: I think he gets signed. Any of these guys that don't get drafted, I think Isaiah Wright gets signed as a non drafted free agent easily. But drafted, I think three of them get yeah. drafted, and, and I think you'd see Wright get undrafted, go to the Panthers.
1: Carolina's in a unique position too, is like they have Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're they have a year I think Rule's got a, a at least two years to kind of find um, the footing there. Um, so if they may, if they have a if they have an awful year this year, I think they go get uh, a quarterback. Obviously, next year's Trevor Lawrence. But I'm not sure how what you have to lose to, to get that number one spot. But uh, Carolina is definitely a unique position where you're able to kind of build it the right way. You know, if, if there's so much more of a football team than just. On the field, you got to build expectations and and rules and and how people conduct themselves. And I think Matt Rule's bringing in the right people and the people that he knows, coaches and players, to develop that part. Yeah. I think it's exciting for Carolina and hopefully the results come with the way Matt Rule's doing it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we move on from Temple, a quick fact here Temple is the only program in entire college football that has. Two former head coaches, now current head coaches in the NFL. No other program has that at all. You got Bruce Arians and Matt Rule. The only program in college football that have two former head coaches now NFL head coaches. Wow. Humble brag. Humble brag. Moving on to Semo, where we've got uh, wow. our, our most famous coaching alum, also an NFL head coach, Mister um, down in down in Las Vegas. He was a GA. Yeah, G A Gruden. John yeah. Gruden, G A at SEMO back in like nineteen eighty nine. And uh now wow. he's a head coach at uh in Vegas. So uh Christian Wilkerson, wide receiver, and Zach Hall, those are the only two guys that I think are are, are worth talking about drafting. Drafting, those are the only two guys and, and if and if I'm if you're lucky, they're in the seventh round. Other than that, yeah. and I don't and the only one I think is is Zach Hall. But he's uh, to me, I don't think uh it's he's a seventh round at best. FCS guy, he was the the number yeah. one. I,
1: I, I there's another player, Josh Avery. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been scouted and and, and, and getting a lot of attention to that. I didn't know he would. Um, you know, I don't know. I read something that eighteen eighteen wide receivers helped fill out the top hundred draft prospects. So oh, eighteen, you know, of your picks in the top 100 are wide receivers. So, you know, I, I, this is a deep wide receiver class. So I, I don't see Wilkerson. I, you know, he's going go to go somewhere undrafted
0: and get a chance, but he's not going to be drafted. And and if you, this this also tells a lot. After the two two best seasons in SEMO football history, uh, going to the FCS playoffs. Obviously, March 13th was there. Pro Day, and scheduled teams to show up was the Titans, the Rams, the Redskins, the Lions, and the Ravens, and one CFL team, the Rough Riders, but only one team showed up, and that was the Baltimore Ravens, and and in there was, uh, you mentioned Josh Avery, Clarence Thornton, Josh Price, Zach Hall, Justin Swift, Eric Williams, Tyler Ford, DJ Freeman, Taj Jenkins, all these guys, and Chris Wilkerson. The only two that I think are mentioning is, is Wilkerson and Hall. And I think Hall being the defensive FCS defensive player of the year, he's a guy that could go in the seventh round. Uh, I would I would put him in the seventh round and I don't think anyone else is is um is really is, is worthy of being selected, especially being with, with the circumstances of COVID and, and not being able to see these other guys and, and only one team showing up. If I were to say it, I'd say Ravens take Zach Hall in like the seventh
1: round. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of – I think Wilkerson does sneak on, and, and if there are practice camps or mini camps, a um, you workouts, out, um, he, he's able to get a workout and, and find a team. Uh, what I've been finding, and it's on Twitter, NFL Draft Diamonds, he, he's getting attention. Six NFL teams have FaceTimed him and shown him some attention. Wilkerson? Um, Wilkerson. Wilkerson, yes. Um, you know, he's – and you've seen him play, Chris, 6'4", athletic yeah he, uh, we've jump. compared
0: him to isaiah Wright, very similar type player of, of Wright.
1: yeah I, i'm not sure if he has his speed isaiah right speed but uh he did have a four four
0: six forty, 40 which would have ranked him 11th among wide receivers at this year's nfl combine
1: Would that i mean that's for a 40 yeah that i mean that's that's awesome but for game speed's different
0: scorer. matt have you heard of any of these guys
2: you know, to be honest with you, I haven't, um, I'm not, not really familiar with any of those guys. Um, so yeah, first time I've, I've heard of them and, uh, you know, I, I, hope that they do get a chance. Like I said, it's, it's like, we talked about it all the time with, with coronavirus. It's, it's really unfortunate, you know, some of these guys, these smaller school guys, D one double A D two D three. Um, you know, I hope that they can get a chance. That's why something like the XFL would have been good. Yes. Um, But you never know, a lot of these guys, um, you know, they they stick with a lot of the Canadian football teams and stuff like that. I have a couple of buddies that I played with in college and um, who play in the Canadian League, and uh, that's a heck of a league too, and they have a a good chance to get to the NFL after that. So I hope they do get their chance, um, you know, eventually.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised you haven't heard any of these. If anyone you would have heard of would have been probably Zach Hall, uh, Buck Buchanan Award winner. Um, I mean, but he's undersized. He's six foot two thirty eight inside linebacker. That's not going to get you drafted, especially at yeah. the FCS level. Um, right. The other guy would be outside linebacker Justin Swift, six foot two twenty nine. That's not going to get you drafted yeah. a- a- at the yeah. NFL level. A six foot inside linebacker. They were saying Tyler Medikevich, who was the the um, Chuck Bednarik Award winner when he came right. out in 2016 and he dropped down to like the sixth or seventh round and yeah, right. he was six foot two. And I don't see a Zach call at six foot two thirty eight inside linebacker at the FCS level. And right. if you compare it to my, my experiences with Medikevich, it is just, it's not going to be in his favor in this sure. scenario. Wilkerson's only six one and, and uh, as a wide receiver, it just, it's tough. Um, sure. If if it were different circumstances, I'd say probably Hall would go seventh round. But when you reevaluate his his, his height and weight, you're not going to get drafted in this type of scenario. Yeah. So, but yeah, anything else you got, Tony?
1: No, I, this was fun to do, and uh, I'm excited for the draft when it starts. I think we'll see some interesting uh, moves, and and obviously, being you guys are Giants fans, so you guys pretty excited about where you guys are at. And I'm right behind you being the fifth pick dolphin. So, uh, and I got 18 and 26, so I'll be watching it. Of course, virtually, Um, hopefully um, they make that fun. And I'm excited to have that coming up. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's gonna gonna be a lot of fun. And um, three, three, uh, I'll give you guys three sleepers uh, to head out. I'm sure you guys have, I'm sure you've heard of them, but I think they are sleepers just because um, two of them are, division one double a guys and another guys, a division three guy um, all projected within, you know, the draft. And uh, one guy is Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island, uh, junior wide receiver, 6'2, 200 uh, ran a four, four at the combine. Um, reminds me a lot of like an Alan Hearns type of guy. Um, really pretty good receiver. Um, so I'd like to see what, where he goes. Uh, the second guy is Quez Watkins guy ran one of the fastest forties, uh, in the draft around four three speed. Uh he's really was fun to watch at the combine. Think he did a really good job. He's out of uh Southeast um Southeast is it where did Jerry Rice where Jerry Rice go? I forgot. Um Mississippi or whatever. Southeast Mississippi, that's it. So he went yeah. there and then you have Ben Barch from St. John's University in Minnesota, a division three uh left tackle I've seen his running. name
0: tossed around in like and the top in the in the uh top one hundred.
2: He's a top one hundred yeah. pick.
0: In the top two rounds, I even saw. So,
2: yep, and so Ben Barch, um, he he's he's going to be a really good guy. He, he's got that, you know. I think he could play right away if he really needed him to. He did fantastic at the Senior Bowl. Very very good. Um, Where yeah, he, is Saint he, John's
0: University located?
2: Uh, Minnesota.
0: Gotcha. Why is he there?
2: Uh, I don't Nobody really know knows. his whole story. He just to be came honest out. With
0: did, he, you? did he shoot on the um, scene like after the season? Was he on the scene during? Season? Yeah,
2: he. He, he was kind of always on the radar in the sense of he was always a, you know, really good player there. You know, I can tell you from my own experience playing division three football myself is a lot of times at division three, you know, you get a lot of transfers. You have a transfer element that, that division one guys come from. You have a lot of guys who are division one talent, but they don't have the grades like myself. Um, I was recruited by a lot of division one schools, but I just, you know, when you're not ESPN top 300, you're not going to get in the school unless you have the grades um, so that's a part of the Division Three football game as well. Um, so high-level Division Three, like St. John's is in, they're national powerhouses. Um, you know, I went to Cortland State. Um, you know, Mount Union is another one. Uh, those guys, those those football players are legitimate. They're legitimate football players, um, and and I think Ben Barch is going to definitely uh, make an impact on an NFL team.
0: Love it. Love the uh, sleepers. Appreciate it. I know Tony's probably itching to ask this, and I I I haven't heard this. Where, where were the uh, Division One schools in your uh, recruiting process?
2: Uh, so the Division One schools that I had, uh, to be honest with you, I used this uh, recruiting- um, Service? Uh, yeah, service called NCSA. Um, they're they're kind of like, they were like the huddle, I guess, before we had huddle. we were, huddle was new when I was in high school, obviously we graduated, Chris, both you and I in 2012. Um, so I was recruited by schools like Stony Brook, Um, central Michigan, um, university of South Florida, actually. So central Michigan and South Florida, my two biggest ones that contact me and had some interest in me, uh, Valparaiso, um, I had Marist, of course, another local school, um, which I was actually pretty close to going to, but they kind of, with my grades kind of, that, that kind of hurt me in the end, at the end of the day. Um, I, I was looked at by Georgetown, um, Let's see who else. Who else do we have? It's been a while.
0: Stony Brook. Um, Tony knows Stony Brook Stony... pretty well. They came in. Uh, they lost uh, FCS uh, playoff game last year yeah. to to CMB. So. Stony Brook.
2: Yeah. Stony Brook was a guy that you know Stony Brook had me in their camp, and they you know they have a really good program there now. Having Hofstra, you know, dump, dump their program really elevated their program as well. Um, you know, and then Division three wise, I was actually committed to go to University of Mount Union, which is um, the number one team in Division three for the past 20, 25 years. Um, their head coach, Larry Karras, is the all-time winningest coach in NCAA history. I think he lost 24 games in about 30 seasons. Um, Cecil Shorts, Pierre Garçon all went there um, in yeah. Alliance, Ohio. So that that's a school that I actually verbally committed to before Cortland. Um, and then I went to Cortland and a little closer to home um we finished top five in the country that year and we won the NJAC conference. So uh but yeah, recruiting recruiting was fun. It's definitely an emotional roller coaster, but uh of course. it was an interesting interesting time.
0: Yeah, and uh I mean only uh, Tony and I can see you as our listeners can't, but um you don't you don't look like an offensive lineman now. You had a big transformation and uh you were at your you played offensive line and uh what were you? What were your? What was your height and weight when you had offensive line days? Graduating prime, yeah. prime playing, and then where you're at now?
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when I was uh, actually a junior in high school, I was uh, 375 pounds. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't know that. Um, I've always been six five. I'm still six five. I played my senior season in high school around um, 330. Uh, played in college around 320, and I'm six five. I went into camp. Um, I went into my my camp at uh, at Cortland as a um, uh, as the, the second string left tackle, uh, only behind a, a All American left tackle. So he was pretty good. Um, broke the practice squad. Um, you know, played in um, the you know the preseason games and played in uh, one of the games. And then um, we ended up having a, a, a game that I got in and about nine plays in. Um, we ran a power play where the guard pulled to my side, I was blocking the defensive end and the guard kind of bumped into me and kind of, they tackled the running back, um, who happened to be Dante Stallworth's nephew, Keyshawn Stallworth, uh, right into my leg and my leg snapped and I messed up my knee. So I blew my knee out. But uh, after that, um, I was able to, you know, lose the weight. I was committed to that. I dropped down to about 200 pounds and, uh, gained some weight since then. Um, you know, lifted a little bit more and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame. I mean, a lot of guys when they're done playing, they, they can't run, can't walk on treadmills. Your body's pretty banged up. So um, that's a side of it that a lot of people don't see concussions. And I have a lot of head, head trauma from, from football. So I'm uh, happy in a way that the, the injury, um, you know, happened, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great game, man. And, and I love college football. and I love high school football. So we, we had, we had a good time. I yeah. fun.
0: Thanks for sharing. And it's like, uh, you look at Gronk and you look at all those other guys that have just retired, those offensive line guys, they, they, they toned down and, uh, you, you joined that, that crew of, yes. of, uh, losing the, the playing weight yeah. and then back down back to, to a healthier, which awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you. And, uh, it, it must have not been easy at all, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's awesome to hear. So thank you. Thanks for sharing your story, Matt. Thanks for yeah, joining us. And, yes. uh, be sure to uh, to follow us on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to the Nest college football podcast. We don't know when the next one's gonna be. Maybe we'll do a draft recap, but uh, there's no sports. and this is the only thing uh, we've actually took a we took like a month to five week hiatus, and this was our next planned episode. So it, it, we didn't have to postpone this. so hopefully uh, we can do maybe a draft recap. Um, yeah stay tuned. And uh, we'll be back for another uh, sporadic episode until college football season comes back, whether it's in the summer or the fall or the spring. We don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys when it does come back. So uh, thanks for coming on, Matt.
2: Awesome, yes, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it, it was a lot of fun and uh, I'd love to do it
0: again with you guys. Yeah, where can, where can, the, uh, where can the listeners find you?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm on uh, Twitter, at, uh, at Matt Genetino. You may see, like Chris said, uh, for now, my Twitter uh, name is Isaiah Simmons, no matter what, but my handle is at Matt Genetino, G I A N N E T T I N O.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Matt, and uh, that's it for this episode. Go Owls.
1: Go Redhawks.
0: You got one, Matt?
2: Uh, I'm going to say, man, I don't know, go uh, go Red Foxes, because I'm an guy.
0: So there you go. <laughs> Peace.